Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the country listening to this. I appreciate everyone tuning in again to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Jim Machieski. Jim is currently the head baseball coach and athletic director at Molden High School in Molden, South Carolina. In this episode, Jim takes us through his own program at Molden, how he runs it in the offseason versus in-season, what are a few things that he would change if he could about high school baseball in general and some of the issues that are out there, how he sets boundaries with parents, some of the own things that he would like to improve upon um, in his own high school program. And lastly, we get into just developing players. He talks a lot about teaching players how to play the game of baseball, small ball, teaching them how to compete, have an approach at the plate. He gives them homework that he want, you know, they have to go online even to baseballsavant.com and look up different things, which I think is really really good idea. So it's a very good episode and I think Jim is ahead of the head of the curve when it comes to developing players at the high school level and understand some of the limitations that he may have at you know just because of time and space constraints but he does a great job making the most of what he does have and uh, he's he's someone that I, I definitely look to when it comes to you know how you should run a high school baseball program the right way so I appreciate everyone listening if you haven't already, please make sure to head on over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a leave a great review. Definitely appreciate that. I have a, a lot of great episodes coming your way, including today's episode with Jim Machieski. So I uh, appreciate everyone who's continuing to tune in each and every episode. So without any other uh, delays here, ladies and gentlemen, here's my episode with Jim Machieski. All right, Jim, we're now recording live. Appreciate you coming on the show today. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Thank you. So how are uh, high school sports going out in South Carolina? I mean, are there any protocols or anything you guys have to uh, abide by right now? Yeah, so for for the spring sports, essentially it's it's the spacing in the stands, um, you know, mask wearing when you're not competing um, for baseball anyway, trying to trying to remain distant, which is a challenge in the dugout, trying to spread out. Um, things like that. The basic things we've been we've been going through over the last year, I guess, is is essentially what's going um, going on in spring sports right now. And there have been some some talk of, of our governor relaxing some of those things over the course of the next few weeks. So um, we're, we're hoping, you know, possibly we can get some more people into the stands and relax some of those guidelines and, and things that have been been put into effect. So how many years have you been now been coaching high school baseball? Uh, this is my 15th year, um, 11 as a head coach, four as an assistant. And But you're also the athletic director, too. Yeah, this is my first year as as, as the athletic director, and needless to say, it's it's been a little bit different. Oh, this is your first year? Yeah, first year as the AD. Wow. Were you at the school before, too? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been at Malden for 11 years um, um, and was named last February as the AD. Um, perfect timing. Perfect timing. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So it's been a challenge. It's been fun. Uh, it's been frustrating. Um, but like anything else, you know, it's, it's going to get better. It's going to improve. And we, we just recently sat down uh, to think about some things for next year. So we're just chugging along and making the best of it. 
what what is a typical day like for a high school athletic director? I'm I'm just selfishly curious about that. Um, I, I wish I could tell you. Uh, every day every day is different. So the the grandest plan you may have, the biggest to do list of of things you need to get done, um, might get set on fire at at eight o'clock, and you go home after practice or or after game duty at nine ten o'clock at night and you know, I'm riding in the truck going, okay, what did I actually get done today? Um, because things just pop up. <laughs> Coaches have needs. Um, and, and as a head coach, you know, you, you obviously think what you have going on at that particular time is the most important thing in the world. So I, I try to take that at heart with all of our coaches. And, and uh, you know, like I said, every day is different. Get, get to the office at 730 um, after, <clears throat> excuse me, after dropping off the kids. I got to check in coaches with temperatures and all the COVID stuff. And you know, it starts, it's either eligibility or it's answering emails. Um, you know, uh, Thursday, I have to administer a, a win, win test for our students. Um, you know, there, there's ACT monitoring. There's all kinds of things aside from from being an athletic director that we're also asked to do as well. What What do you see as as the biggest problem in high school? We'll just we'll just start just high school baseball. Like, What's the biggest problem that you see right now in high school baseball? Because I know summer baseball, travel baseball, they get a, a ton of attention. Right, what do you see? Right. Like, what's one thing that if improved upon high school baseball could be way better? I think well, I think two things. I think one is getting kids to understand and parents too that, you know, high school baseball isn't a, a, a I guess a, a means to an end like it, it's something that should be important it's not something that you have to do to get to the next level which, which a lot of guys aspire to get to which which is in, in college um it's something that should be um you know you're you, you have pride for it it's something you're you look forward to it's not something you have to get through to get where you want to be and, and I think there's a there's a big disconnect at times with that piece of it. Um, you know, play, playing high school athletics is really, really important and it means a lot to a lot of people. And I think if we can, if we can get kids and parents to, to try to reconnect with that, you know, their experience, um, will be, will be improved greatly. Um, and, and they might even find that, you know, that they improve within that time frame because they're not worried about four years down the road. You know, when, when a freshman, that hasn't played an inning of JV baseball is worried about, can he play division one? That's a problem. Um, you gotta be worried about being the best JV baseball player you can be before you, you can even think about playing college baseball. So I think that's the first one. And, and in my opinion, the second problem is just overall knowledge of the game, understanding, you know, the, the basic interest intricacies of, where to go and what to do, the catching and throwing aspect of it, just the basic fundamentals ideas of how this game is supposed to be played um, is something that in over the last couple of years, we've really noticed with our young kids, even with the amount of time we spend with them, uh, that, that they just don't know. They don't know where to go on a, on a tandem. They don't they don't understand bunt defenses. They can they know they need to throw the ball from the mound of the plate. And if it's white and it's spinning and it's in the strike zone, they need to hit it. And, you know, but other than that, you know, the over, like I said, the overall knowledge and understanding of what it takes to play the game at a high level is something we're, we're spending way more time on uh, now than we have in the past. Mm, that's it. You know, I wonder if, if COVID really made that even worse in a sense, because I have heard of kids, you just mentioned how some kids are not even are worried about playing division one baseball and haven't even played varsity yet. 
And I think one of the issues is because of coronavirus and lack of not being able to go see kids. I've seen multiple kids now being offered by power five programs who have yet to play one inning of varsity baseball. And I think that's a problem because other kids see that and now they think the same thing. It's like, whoa, 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 like, let's take a step back here. You need to be focusing on let's just play varsity baseball and dominate that first. Right. And we'll worry about playing college baseball, wherever that may be at. Right. We have those conversations with our kids all the time. You know, if if you can be a really good player at Malden High School, you're going to have an opportunity to play somewhere. Um, Now, how bad do you want to play? You know, that that's another conversation there. To me, there's a place for everybody, you know, whether it's it's NAI, NAI, it's junior college, um, it's division three, division two, division one. There's a fit for somebody. But for some of those kids, it's just a matter of how bad do you how bad do you want to play? Where do you want to go? What level do you want to play? And when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, a lot of them don't want to play that bad because they they don't want to go to the middle of nowhere, um, you know, where, where there's a, I don't know, one restaurant and a gas station, and but they get to play baseball. They get to get an education. So the the perspective part of it, I think, is really, really important. You know, how bad do they want to go and, and, and play? And like I said, at, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, a lot of them just don't want to do it. And that's fine. Totally fine. How do you go about trying to educate parents about all of this? Because I'm sure they they hear things. I mean, it's not their full-time gig. So they they just hear things and they clearly want what's best for their kid. But how do you educate them on what we're talking about right now? If, hey, let's just focus on playing high school baseball, fundamentals, get them down, playing well, understanding all that. And then we'll worry down the road about playing college baseball. Yeah, the, the first thing is just getting them to understand to, to be great where they are now. Um, you know, are they the best, I don't know, are they the best catcher here at Mullen High School as, as a freshman? That that needs to be first and foremost. The second, if they think they are, they need to go out and watch games. I think that's huge. Um, they need to go see, if they think they're a power five guy, they need to go down the road and, and watch Clemson. They need to go watch Clemson play, play Carolina. They need to go down the road and, and see Erskine and Newberry. Um, they, they need to hit up SMC, the junior colleges that are in our state, and get an idea of, of where they may fit in because they, they might go see Erskine College play on a Saturday and understand real quick that Erskine College is, is pretty good. Um, Newberry College is pretty good. They, they have good players. Um, USC Upstate, who's a mid-major where I played, they have numerous guys that are 95-plus. They're, they're a mid-major in, in the Big South. Those guys can play. Um, so just because they're a small school in, in a, you know, in a, in a smaller area of the country doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have good players. Um, and, and then I encourage them to, to just do a little research and go on, go on the internet and just see where they pull guys from, you know, they, they just don't pull guys from the greater Spartanburg Greenville area. Um, they're, they're pulling guys nationally and that goes for, for all programs, junior college up through division one. It's not just a small pot of players they get guys from everywhere. So not only do you have to be the best, you know, one of the better players at, at Malm high school, but you got to be one of your, be- one of the better players in the region, in the upstate, in the state. And at some, some, some programs, you got to be the best player in, in the Southeast and um, you know, better players in the country. Yeah, I, I definitely echo that. I think that <clears throat> I, I wish, I truly wish players could realize just how hard the game is, the higher up you go and just how good some of these, 
players are at higher levels and programs too, as you just alluded to, where there is tons of really good players who are playing maybe Division Two, Division Three, NAI, whatever, who could easily step on a Division One field somewhere right. and compete in the starting lineup. They were just overlooked or they developed a little bit later, like whatever right. it may be. But I think, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're emphasizing those those points to your players. How do you go about the playing time issue with your players and and the parents too? Because as a head coach, that seems like a nightmare at times. I mean, I've coached, I coached high school baseball for two years. So you have way more experience than I do in that realm. And right. it's not easy. I mean, I, I remember after one in it, we, we took infield one time and this was JV baseball, by the way, we took infield. And after infield, I had put the lineup up beforehand and someone came up to me and handed me a phone and said, I, my, my dad wants to talk to you and wants to know why I'm not in the starting lineup. <laughs> So, I mean, I know that the issues are out there. How do you go about putting them in, in like getting, like educating the parents, but like get putting them at the same time, like, Hey, I like, hear some boundaries. Like we, I can't have this, this, and this because right. you put in so many hours. And this is the other thing is like, I realized in high school baseball, I coached in a couple of years, the, the head coach puts in an insane amount of hours if, to, when they do it right. If you do it right, you do put in a lot of hours. So mm-hmm. I think it's also just respecting your own time because you're not doing it for the money or anything else. You're just trying to help clearly. So how do you go about setting those boundaries? I think communication on the front end is probably the most important. So we we haven't gotten there yet. We, we were, uh, we had two scrimmages taken from us this year. So part of our preseason tournament is still part of our evaluation process. So communication with the parents and the kids up front um, and and getting them to understand, you know, what their role was going to be at the beginning of the season. And, and we'll we'll dive into that starting tomorrow, pulling our kids aside and just having those conversations of, hey, this is this is what we see so far a month and a half um, into our season. This is what we envision your role being on our team, you know, and, and with that, you're, you're going to get, oh, yeah, coach, that's going to be great. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. That's that's awesome. Um, but there has to be that understanding, too, if, if they veer from, you know, that positive attitude from being a great teammate working hard, doing all those things, you know, there will be another discussion that has to be had um, that that goes along with that if they can't accept and and do their role and and fulfill their role to the best of their ability. Um, But at the beginning of the season, you know, we we we're we're very transparent with our parents and we tell them, like, we're, we're looking for reasons at the varsity level to get your kids into a game. If they've earned it and they deserve it and there's some way we can get them in a game, we're going to try to get them in the game. We have 24 kids on our roster. If they're able, if they've earned it, if there's a spot for them um, to get in a game, whether it's base running, pinch hitting, maybe a defensive replacement late, we're going to try to get them in a game. And unfortunately, last year was our first year. And it's an idea that that I stole from from Butch over at Cookville. That's just genius. You know, it, it provides hope for those kids. And last year, I'm sorry, we got some announcements going. Um Last year, this is a, this is it just you're in the environments, high school environment. I like it's it. What it is, it's yeah. what it is. So last year was our first year of trying to to um, put this philosophy into place with um, with our junior class, knowing that as seniors this year they're gonna have to play, and it got cut short a little bit. But we found found ways to to guys to get you know pinch hit opportunities late in games, um, inning here, inning there. You know, instead of and I've heard Butch say it a million times. Instead of winning 10-1, if we win 10-6, it's still a win. 
we're getting guys we're getting guys out there that that are gaining valuable time and, and experience on the field. So um, if they're not playing, they, they haven't earned it. They're not improving in practice. Um, they're not doing the things that, that we're asking them to do um, to earn those opportunities. Uh, at the JV level, we're going to play them all. Uh, we, we play double headers. We're going we're gonna to divide our roster. You know, you guys are playing the first game. You guys are playing the second game. They will all play. Uh, it, it may not be equal, but they're all going to get their opportunity to get on the field and try to develop and, and show us some things that they're learning uh, through practice and, and get to get to do that in within game play. So it, it's it's similar, but but again, it's different. You know, the varsity guys, they, they still have to earn those at bats, those opportunities. But the JV guys, there's no sense for a, for a freshman to sit on the bench. He's got play um, and, and we're going to we're going to make sure they do that. So you guys have two teams, JV and varsity. JV varsity this year, we have 46 kids between the two teams. Um, which has been a challenge with through COVID and everything in itself. But, um, you know, we, we took on all those kids and, and we're going to coach them all and try to get them in games and, and help them improve. Do you feel you're at a pretty big advantage being in South Carolina where maybe the weather is a little bit warmer earlier in the year, or is it so many kids are in other sports and you just maybe not, not be able to get out on the field as much as you'd like, just because kids are busy. It's kind of a, Kind of a loaded, I don't, I don't say loaded question, but, you know, it, it, it's cold and, and wet here in the wintertime when we start in, in February. Um, it, it's a challenge at times trying to get out. You know, this is the best stretch of weather we've had so far in the last the last month and a half, you know, five or six days without rain. Um, but, you know, cold, rainy in, in, in February and we, we have limited space. We don't have indoor cages. We don't have um, indoor facilities. So we put up the cages in the old gym when it's available after wrestling practice or when none of the other uh, sports want to come in and, and we try to get some work in. But I, it's like I said, that first month is a struggle trying to trying to get out there on a consistent basis and build up a routine for these guys. What would what's a typical off season look like for you? I know you mentioned you don't have the access to the cages or anything, but is there anything you're able to do with these with these players in the off season at all? Yeah, so in the so on a, in a typical year, we'll start as soon as school's out. So typically, the first week in June, we'll have a four day a week strength program um, that we're in the weight room four days a week, uh, usually for about between our strength training and our speed and agility, probably an hour and a half a day, uh, four days a week. In the morning time, three days a week, we have our kids come in at nine and we have skill specific things two days. And then one day is is modified scrimmage time. Um, and we do that. We do that for seven weeks in the summer. We have uh, the fourth of July week is off and we'll typically go through the third week in July. Um, we try to run summer teams through through um, our, our high school programs, you know, outside insurance, different names. And we take them around and, and we try to play four to five tournaments in the summertime locally uh, to, to, you know, try to create some sense of of chemistry within the team and, and create some some relationships with with those kids. We also get the opportunity to learn them a little bit in, in a more relaxed environment in the summertime. Um, and we try to do we try to do rising freshmen, a JV team and a varsity team. And just depending on the year and the interest. Um, we'll have three teams. Some years we'll have two. Other years we've only had one. So it just kind of varies. But we like to provide that opportunity for our kids. Um, you know, it, it's cheap. It's affordable. Um, and we're going to play in, in a lot of the same tournaments. Some of the other teams are as well. Um, 
once we get to the third week in July, those kids are off until, until school starts. We're fortunate to have a baseball class uh, here on campus. So seventh period, we're outside, you know, 45, 45 to 50 minutes a day um, pre-COVID, uh, five days a week, you know, doing fundamentals. We, we have position groups, we hit in the cage, our pitchers work on some things. So it, it's, it's limited time per day, but, you know, obviously if you add those things up over time, you know, you're, you're getting some things done. Um, we don't have any any fall, I guess, organized baseball practice. Um, our high school league does not allow us to do that here in South Carolina. So we're like I said, we're fortunate enough to be in a class where we can get some things done um, throughout the fall as well. We're four days a week hard in the weight room. Um, and, and that's all the way up until Christmas break. The boys are off for Christmas. Um, we come back in January. And in past years, our, our open season usually is we, we get to pick 20 days from the first week in December until the third week in January. So any 20 days the high school league allows us, we can we can practice. We typically try to use our 20 days in January and use it as, as a sort of a spring training um, period for our kids. And again, we're still in the weight room hard three, four days a week. And once the season starts, February 1st, you know, we're, we're back to back to square one of, of where we started. So, um, you know, this year was was completely different. We, our kids were in school two days a week for most of the first semester. Now they're in three, four days a week. Um, you know, we weren't permitted to use the weight room in any offseason time. Uh, so it's been it's been a complete 180 as far as what we've what we're typically used to to what we've been allowed to do. So here in, in 2020, 2021. I have to ask a follow-up question on the baseball class. How, how did, I'm sure there's going to be coaches listening. Like, how do I get that class um, available at my school? How, how did that all go down? Uh, it was here when I got here 11 years ago. It was, it was during fifth period. It's considered a weightlifting class. So I turned it into a baseball class. We go outside <laughs> and and we go on the field and, and we, we get to, we get to practice because it's during school hours when it rains you know, we're, we're inside. We, we try to take them into a classroom and, and talk some things, show video. Um, you know, we do a Mavs U, um, kind of like a leadership, character building, being a good teammate, being being a good human class that that we developed five, six years ago with the help of Tyler Gillum and, and his his idea. Um, you know, and but again, with with COVID and getting all the kids in a classroom, just haven't been able to do it this year. But that's one of the things we do every Monday um, within our baseball class. It, it's something you got to talk to your guidance counselor. You got to talk to your administration and see if it's something that can fit within the PE department, which is how we do it. Um, we have our freshmen that, that want to try out, try to take seventh period PE. So they just come with us. We, we let the other PE teachers know um, that we're going to pull them. We let them know when they're absent, things like that. And they just come to baseball class. Uh, what's going to be different next year is we're, we're moving towards a four block schedule. So that will look different. We'll only have baseball class in the fall, but it'll be awesome because we'll have them five days a week for 90 minutes. So it, it'll be a, a welcome, welcome change to what we got going on. So are those players graded just on the effort that you see them them giving during that period during that baseball class? Um, for for the most part, for the most part, they are you asking some, them like trivia questions on you know baseball going on? No, we we give them assignments. Um, we we give them you know just we will give their their exam is just a, a basic synopsis of of what we've done. You know what? Talk to us about our bunt technique. 
Where are we, where are we going to bunt the ball? What's our hit and run philosophy? What are our three rules? Um, so we try to take everything that, that we've talked about in the semester and that's their final exam. You know, they get a study guide, they get graded on that, but day by day it's, it's dressing out. Um, it's, it's participating in the activity, just like a normal PE class. We might throw in there a, a project, a group project somehow of, of using baseball savant, you know, Hey, you four guys got to come up with this video on this skill and talk about how it relates to how we do things and they'll get a grade for that. So it, it's a, love it. it's a normal PE class, but we're just outside hopefully every day. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. I'm jealous of that. What do you, what's your take on uh, small ball and, and bunting? And it seems because again, of travel baseball and some of the players where they're saying that, I've noticed that's behind a lot of players and just not being, not having that skill because I just, it's not an emphasis. Now at the high school level, high school baseball to me is similar to college baseball because it's more, it's closer to winning. And I guess you could say like that maybe for some, for a lot of travel tournaments too, but it's just, it's, you got kids coming and going. It's not like that in college. So I I think high school is similar in that regard. How much of the, of the time is focused just on those fundamentals of, of, bunting and small ball and situational hitting if if any i'm just curious what your guys's philosophy on that is um i couldn't give you a percentage but i can tell you a ton we 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 talk about it and work on it probably probably at nauseum um i think at our level especially at the high school level where we are you know we we get who walks through the door so we have to find something that they feel like they can contribute to the team, to our success. And, and I think the ability to, to bunt the ball, to, to execute situationally, hitting a ground ball in the middle with a runner on third, um, I, I think is, is, is huge. Like it, it's not, it's not sexy. It, it's not, it's not going to get you paid. It's not going to get you a college scholarship, but it helps your high school team win games. Um, and I, I think it's, we, we had this talk with it with our guys last night after practice, like there, there's a ton of, of swing and hitting coaches out there that are awesome. They are really, really good. But I think one of the things that is lacking is, is approach coaches, plan coaches. You know, we, we, we said it last night, we, we work on our swing at nauseum. We want it to look like this. We want to move like this, but yet we swing at the wrong pitches. We, we don't understand what this situation is calling for. And, and that's one of the things as a high school coach, I feel like it is our, one of our main objectives as, as hitting guys is to teach them what, what hitting actually is, um, the, the ability to hit and, and picking out guys in the big leagues that are to me, real big league hitters. They can move the ball whenever they want. They pull it when they want to, they hit it the other way when they have to, if they're going to hit a bomb, they're going to hit a bomb. Um, you know, they're, they're complete. They can do everything. And not to say that that's what we have here, but the, the, the situational hitting, the, the bunning, I think is, is so valuable at our level. Um, just this weekend, Friday night, we're, we're seeing an ACC arm and they put down two bunts. We couldn't field them. They got two runners on. Well, we come back, we get out of it. Zero, zero. We put down a couple bunts. They couldn't field them. Um, you know, they, they pull their ACC arm and we score five runs and win. So it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, I think everybody understands it is valuable, but it, it's not the sexy way that the game is being played now on TV. And I understand there's numbers to back things up. I totally get that. 
But at the high school level, we're going to put the ball on the ground and, and create some pressure. That's just what we're going to do. And our, our kids embrace it. They, they really do. And it, it's, it's, to me, it's just playing the, playing the game, trying to score one more run than the other team at the end of the day. And that's our objective any way, any way necessary. Well, you bring up a really valid point of not every kid can hit the ball 400 feet. And so you want them to feel like they can contribute and they are contributing. I mean, they are helping win games, even though they may not be able to hit a ball 105 miles an hour. So I think that's great in general, going back to what you were mentioning before, just on the mental side and approach, do you find that you have to also teach these kids how to compete in general? Cause I'm sure just, competition just learning how to compete in that mindset that's something that probably for some has to be learned no yeah it it definitely is um you know we we actually had this conversation last week as well of of trying to ask them what what competing is you know what can you define what competition is what does it mean to get in the box and compete what does that look like and a lot of them couldn't define it so for us to sit there and yell at them compete compete well, they don't know what it means. They don't they don't understand the definition of it. So we we had a discussion of of what competition on the mound and the dugout at the plate, like what does it look like? Um, you know, how does it feel? Things like that. So I, I think I think a lot of it does fall up fall on us as high school coaches where number one, we have to define what what the term compete means, but get them to understand what it feels like and in that at times it will be uncomfortable. Um, you know. We, we might lose a game tonight and not be able to play for three or four days. We, we don't get to just turn around and and play a game 30 minutes later. Like we, we got it, it, it. We don't play as many games, I guess. So every game has has significant value within our schedule. Um, and and that comes to, you know, the, the pride of of winning and losing and, and getting up for a game. And it's just not another game. But that to me that that's a great that's a great question and something as, as high school coaches we we have to take pride in and, and teach them what what it does mean to compete do college coaches uh reach out to high school coaches as much as they used to because of travel baseball and everything and in, in, in your own experience um in my experience here there, there's been a little bit of both more college coaches in the state of south carolina call high school coaches than they don't um you know, in my experience, have, have we had some guys sign to some places that I never talked to? Yes. Um, but the majority of the time they, they call, they check in on our guys. Um, you know, who do you have? Who have you seen? Um, hey, you know, for, for example, Jason Burke down the road at Lander, you know, call me, call me the other the other day. Hey, how, how's how's Bennett doing? You know, what, what's he look like? Um, you know, so they, they, they call us. The state of South Carolina is really good with with the connections and relationships that, that the college coaches keep with high school guys. It's, it's really, really a cool thing. Um, and, and another thing, if, if we have a guy or we've seen a guy, you know, we can get on the phone and, and they'll, they'll answer our phone calls. So we're, we're really, really lucky to have the college guys in, in our state that we do have. Well, I'm sure you're, you're a very trusted source as a high school coach because you don't really have an agenda. I think some maybe sometimes with with other coaches and the travel ball scene is sometimes those coaches are always trying to move up or get more players or whatever it is. But as a high school coach, I mean, yeah, you want your player to move to move up to a higher level, but that's just because you want your player. It's not because you're worried about you and right. you, know, you getting to a higher level. So I think right. that's another element 
of trust that I'm sure is is not at a, at some other places like travel baseball. Well, I, I, I think there's guys out there. I, I mean, I, I know some guys down in Georgia, Adam Williams from Nelson baseball school is one of my buddies. Like he, he does an outstanding job and I don't want to just sit here and bash travel baseball, but no, I, no, I don't either. Yeah. Like I, said, I do private stuff too. So I'm not yeah, like, there's guys out there that either. do it right. You know, and, and I, I understand your point hundred percent, you know, and, and, I think the guys that get the most phone calls from college guys are, are the ones, whether it's in, in the travel area or, or it's in high school baseball, you know, th- they have the reputation of being truthful and honest about what their guys are. Like they're, they're, you're, they're not, we're not going to call a guy up and say, Hey, I got a kid who's, who's 89, 91 and, and the college guy shows up and he's 82, 83, you know? Um, but I think the guys that are the most trusted are the most honest and truthful. And, and they probably do get the, the, the more of those phone calls. What's your take on um, some high schools combining? I've heard this before. I know you mentioned it a little bit of of just playing all year, not all year round, but in the into the summertime and going to some of those tournaments. It sounds like you guys, you mentioned um, earlier in this episode, you guys just doing that. I mean, how has that worked out well, or do you find that some some kids want to still go play and? all the PBR tournaments and Lake point and things like that. I think. Cause I've heard, I, I, I used to coach at Moeller and I know there's been, you know, talking with coach Sheldon, he wanted to do some stuff like that too, right. because it makes sense to want to right. do that, keep everyone in, in place and develop them. And right. know, again, it goes back to just building that, that culture over time too. I think in a perfect world, you know, you, you can benefit your program and you can benefit those individual guys. So, for example, you know, you can take your high school team, which will benefit the relationships and the growth within the, your, your, your kids and also get guys seen, um, also put them on those stages. Um, we, we, we haven't we, we've never taken our group down to, to Lake Point. We've never done any of those huge ones. Um, but I think in, in the perfect dynamic and setup that there is a place for that. Now, do we have we had guys in our program that need to go? And, and travel the country. Absolutely. Like Alex Edmondson needed to go travel the country. Corey Thompson, um, LT Tolbert, Ramon, Alberto Osuna, they need to go out and they need to be put on that stage. Like they need to go be seen by, by the top college guys in the country. They need to be seen by, you know, uh, all, all the pro guys. They need to go do that. Um, and, and I think it's like that from every high school program across the country that you do have your, your handful of guys over time that need to go be on those stages. Um, but for the vast majority of them, they're going to be going to school within what 90 minutes of, of their hometown anyway, three hours, maybe. So go, go be in these events that are a little bit local. And if there is a place that you want to go, you know, let us know, we'll give them a call and, and see if, if they're going to be at those events. But I think again, in that perfect world, I think, you know, the program can be benefited and also the kids as well. What are there any uh, attributes besides the clearly physical one and and just skills one of a, a really good high school baseball player that you've seen who's gone on to play and play very well at a high level at the next level to have in high school? The reason why I ask that is I've I think we live in an era now where where you need to be so good so early, it seems, and have the perfect swing and hit the ball over 100 miles an hour as a 15-year-old. 
but that's not the case when you look back on a lot of big leaguers, even when they were in high school. Right. So I'm just curious if there's any, any personal traits or characteristics that you've noticed from, from players who have gone on to play at a high level at the next level. Um, Justin Dean for us here at Malden. Uh, he's in big league spring training with the Braves right now. So JD came to us as an undersized freshman had moved well you know you could tell he was there was something there he was just undersized and JD hadn't played baseball because he was a little burnt out for several years and and decided you know his mom and dad were like you got to do something you're just not going to skateboard like you're going to go out and play a sport right so JD says okay I'm going to I'm going to come play baseball and you know he came to us and played JV a little bit as a freshman um continued to grow and get bigger and improve played played varsity for us as a sophomore a little bit because of necessity played every day as a junior um hit shoot 180 190 as a junior played every day because of his attitude because of his toughness um jd was the same guy every day and was a great defender and we saw that summer how much he improved and and through the fall and he worked and he worked and he got stronger and um knew that fall he was going to have a huge senior year and he might have hit 330 340 for us as a senior was all region and Tom Fleenor was the head coach at Lenore Ryan at the time division two up in up in Hickory and JD wanted to play college baseball perfect example of the conversation we just had there was a place for Justin Dean to go play college baseball I called I called every everybody I knew at a place where I thought he fit mid-major division ones hey th- this kid can play you're going to look at him and, and he's small he's tiny he's got a good arm he's a plus runner there's some juice there he's a great kid academics aren't an issue he could be a fit he's just a little small cool call flea up i got this kid man i, I think he's going to be a really really good player he'll he'll fit in he goes up to camp at, at lr they they offer him a spot and he goes on to be maybe at least a one-time All-American, might have been a two-time All-American, drafted by the Braves in the 15th round. Um, and, you know, like I said, he's in big league spring training now. And just an unbelievable story about attitude, perseverance, um, work ethic, coming from a great grounded family who just kept encouraging and pushing him and never really fully bought into the you know the division one or bust mentality hey if this is meant to be you're going to go where you're meant to be and they accepted that and embraced it and i'm watching them score runs diving head first in the home plate on tv um coming from an undersized freshman who hit 180 as a junior um so to to your point like the the attributes of of just being the same person at person every day, not getting too high, not getting too low, understanding what you need to do to get better and improve on a daily basis and kind of keeping the grand scheme of things into perspective um, are, are things that I think are really, really huge in those guys that they get to those highest levels. Is JV going to be, is JD going to be a big leaguer? I don't know. I hope so. It'd be awesome. Um, he's in big, big league spring training right now. And the Braves think very, very highly of him. So and it's the same thing that the, that mentality of being the same guy every day is something that he's he's kept and he, he works and he improves and he just loves playing. So 
That's awesome. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I wasn't expecting you to have this incredible story all lined up. I mean, I sent you some some topics ahead of time, but I never, I didn't, I don't think I mentioned that I would ask that. And um, yeah, that's definitely above and beyond. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. That's a perfect way to end it on that great story. Awesome. And I mean, I, sometimes what I, what I like to think about as I'm doing these podcasts is, you know, if I were in that person's situation, you know, would I do anything different? Would I do anything? And quite honestly, just listening to you talk on how you run your program and just how you think in general, I don't think I do anything really that much different <laughs> than, than what you're doing right now. I think you're doing a really good job. And I, I really love the fact that you're teaching these guys how to compete and the approach. And I mean, heck, you're even, you know, doing baseball savant stuff. I mean, I know guys in, in, in pro ball, you don't even know what that is. So well, there's a new uh, yeah. one. What, what's the what's the new one now on on MLB? It's like MLB Film. It's a little bit easier to navigate as opposed to Baseball Savant. I think it's MLB Film something on their website. That again, the, the search options are a little bit simpler. Um, it, it's much easier to navigate. So anybody out there that that hadn't seen it, check it out. It's it's good. Will do. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, I appreciate it, man. I, I hear the bell in the background. I know you yeah. got work to do, <laughs> but again, I appreciate you coming on the show. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Patrick. Thanks for reaching out, man.